shaka. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Shout to the Lord. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus! Glory! <laughs> Spirit's ready for a greater glory. Yeah. Because the greater glory comes through everybody's spirit who's a believer. You create heaven on earth by your spirit. Whoa! So right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed. We look to the Lord Jesus within, for the win, where there is no sin, in the river of his glory. Let it fully release through the whole heart and the whole mind, washed in God's glory, washed in God's word, washed in the light, transformed, purified, as pure as God is pure from the inside out so that it is without a doubt that we are without a pout because we're really happy <laughs> and we're really sappy. That's all right. Because we've taken heavenly flight in the greater light tonight. Hey, holy. Woo. <laughs> that shout at the beginning actually surprised me. And then he said, shout to the Lord. <laughs> you ever get in the back seat of your body and just watch the Holy Ghost? Just look at him. Just look at him. What is he doing in the midst of you? You know he's gonna follow through. Even though you are a little buckaroo. <laughs> that kindergarten level correction. You're a little buckaroo, aren't you? You say a little stinker? <laughs> In the little stinker glory. Oh man. I was getting so blasted to Hebrews earlier. It's good to see everybody in the glory cloud. Hallelujah. We are blessed. It is a new day of greater glory. And we're here to stay. Because there is no more hay. Because the fireworks. And that's our biggest perks. <laughs> Like Delta Rewards card members. 
We're getting a Concorde. Gonna break the sound barrier. The Concorde's coming back. You hear about that? I like that prophecy. We're really deep into prophecy. I like prophetic ministry. If it's not prophetic, it's pathetic. But most of the prophetic is pathetic because of our mixture. Not them, our mixture. Because we're one body and we take responsibility for all the shortcomings of every believer in the world. That's what every prophet in the Bible did. He yoked himself to the sins of his people and he didn't separate himself from them saying, I'm better than you. He says, I'm servant of you by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen. So we're going to wash everyone in the sun to have fun and get undone from religion. That's a lot of uns right there. Shabbat. You know why? Because we're in the by and by and we already fly very, very high. Like the white eagle. Yesterday was a interesting one, but honestly, we just you deal with this stuff as you go through it. The Lord always reminds me. He says, you know, the priesthood. You show up as a priest, and the animal never really wants to die. The only animal that was silent before his shearers was Jesus Christ. The Bible says every other animal protests. We like. Dad, where's the offering? Jesus didn't ask where the, the Father where the offering was, because he knew he was the offering. Isaac asked Abraham, where's the offering? Boy, you're the offering. We climbed all this way just so I could uh, have a human sacrifice to Yahweh. But the angel of the Lord stayed his hand. So you didn't have to kill your firstborn like the Freemasons, amen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, now we get in the face. You feel that? Like, oh, oh. Say something crazy like that, and then, oh. you know, just checking. But we, went, we sent out a public announcement today. You need to get the memo, all right? No psychos. Oh, no psychos in the glory. No psychotic animal behavior. The psychos, they can stay on the earth. They don't need to die. But they just have to get washed out there with all the other sin. Amen? That's how it works in the kingdom. There's filtration systems in the water systems of heaven. Not everyone just comes into the Holy of Holies and... Well, I'm as great as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the 12 apostles. First and foremost, that ain't how it works. You get washed as you approach the throne of grace, which means more grace, which is living water, picks up the pace, washing disgrace from your face. Like mace. Bear spray. Amen. Gets the pride out, gets the lust out, idolatry out, the madness out, the demons out. It's one thing to deal with demon-possessed people, y'all. It's another thing if they love their demons and they refuse to get rid of them. They're not resisting them or fighting them and they're always disobeying the Holy Ghost. You don't have to tolerate people like that. So we just put it out throughout all the internet. No psychos in RLM. And let the angels keep the psychos away from us. Amen. And you two that are watching, 
for peace within your walls. Amen? And some of you are saying, well, I'm married to a psycho. Grace abounds, sister. <laughs> now, there's a place of being out of your mind in the glory, but there's a place of being out of your mind in the devil. A lot of us used to be out of our mind in the devil, so we pick up on that stuff. And it's one thing if people are making progress, but the Lord Jesus Christ said, test them and know them by the fruit. Amen? So as you're dealing with everyone around you, because you're all a royal priesthood, and we all got stuff, no one here is perfect, but the closer you get to the throne, the more perfect you get. The Bible says that. So there has to be standards in elevations. Like the Bible says, Jesus Christ, those that come into the high elevation that didn't have the change of clothes, that didn't have the transformation, couldn't stay in that high elevation. They had to be thrown out in order to be changed of their garments, which is their souls purified in living water. There has to be a purification of living water for your souls to rise. Otherwise, you're there illegally by fallen angels. And how many of y'all know God's not allowing fallen angels in the marriage supper of the Lamb? This is a demon-free zone already. Already. The zone of our soul purified, sanctified by the Holy Ghost. We don't tolerate devils. I hate Jezebel, our final principality that we're overcoming now as a group together. I hate her. The false prophetic, she confuses the things of the spirit. And you have to deal with this stuff. She tempts with lust, she tempts with pride. The stubbornness of pride is one of the main sorcery spells that she casts upon people in their transformation process. Whereas you don't have to change. That's just who you are. How many of y'all know that's Jezebel? That's the devil. God created me this way. No, your mom and dad created you that way and you bear their image. How many of y'all know burying the image of your natural parents is burying the image of the devil? That's what the Bible says. Burying the image of the Holy Ghost, a new father, a new mother is burying the image of God. It is illegal and sin to bear the image of flesh and blood. Birds, beasts, and reptiles, the Bible calls it. Amen? And now we have a spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba. So the father of our spirit, we bear his image on our countenance, which is the light of his glory. The main thing you'll struggle with, and this is the core of the curse of the fall, is the image bearing of the animal. They bore the image of beasts. Now you can say, well, that's just the demonic. That's just the crazy, crazy psychopaths. It's anyone who bears the image of their natural parents. It's anyone who bears the image of flesh and blood, bears the image of the beast. That's what the beast is. The beast is simple homo sapien mammal flesh. This. And so we deny this image bearing. That's what taking up our cross and following him every day actually is, that we deny ourselves, which means we deny the flesh and blood dimension. And we allow the glory dimension of the Holy Ghost 
the bright morning star inside of us to rise within our hearts and transform our souls from the image of the beast to the image of God the Father in our hearts. And those that don't want that, they have to stay away. This is what the ark is. The ark is the release of the throne of Jesus' living waters through all human animal flesh. And as you get closer to closer and closer to the ark's doors, the powerful waters of the Holy Ghost, they wash the animal. And once you come inside, you come into the glory to change the image of the animal to the image of the angel of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Acts chapter 7. And Stephen, with glowing face, a different image bore on his face, bore the image of the angel of the Lord, the God I am, whom I serve. That was seen in the glory, shining through his countenance. Oh, I'm yelling, aren't I? I'm yelling. Somebody call me down. We're excited about Jesus tonight. We're having fun in the glory. You know, one of my favorite promises, and you guys need this as you deal with your own hearts and don't blame others. That's how you make it. If you blame others, you'll always go astray. If you can just deal with it in your own heart and stop blaming anyone else, you'll get through it because your salvation's not based on others. Your eyes are in the wrong spot. You're irritated with them. You're ir it's because there's sin in your heart. You're frustrated, you're irritated, you have demonic influence. It's because your eyes are on others. You've heard the saying, look around, act like a clown, and end up with a frown. <laughs> yeah. If you look around, you'll act like a clown, and you end up with a frown. Why? Because it's external based. You got into bewitchment. That's what Jezebel is, is the eyes on others, plank and speckitis, and then set on your own heart, dealing with your own circumcision. And when you deal with your own heart, your cup overflows automatically. If you start pointing at your spouse, if you start pointing at your kids, your parents, your religious friends, your old church friends, your religious family members, anyone else, rebellious people, guess what? You end up with a frown. You end up upside down. And you gotta turn it around. And go up into the high places and sacrifice yourself on the altar of Jerusalem. Dying with Jesus is the only thing that frees us. Amen? And it gets all the fleas off us too. <laughs> Glory to God. So I thank you Jesus for the cross being made real in the soul realm tonight. We want to sacrifice our hearts in a major way. Ephesians, I can see this verse right now, that you may know the breadth and the width and the height and the depth of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Breadth, depth, width, height. Breadth, depth, width, height. Breadth, depth, width, height. Yeah, that's good. That's a, we're studying the Bible now. That's a Mike Tyson translation. Bible study. Let's have a Bible study. Glory. 
You know, I am seeing some wild stuff here in the glory. In the glory. I'm just going to start with verse 1 because I just saw the Spirit highlight all this right now. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, have a drink, have a drink. Glory. It's a little too loud out there. You got to be able to hear it. How will they know unless they're told it is written? Let the prophetic message go forth with prophetic grace. Stir it in your bellies. Stir it up. Let the prophetic anointing be stirred, but never shaken, but always on the rock. And then drink it into your brain. That 007 James Bond glory right there. Hallelujah. Have a heavenly martini. In Jesus' name. Amen. A Godka martini. And you know there's a lot of olives in this place. The olive tree of life is rising in God's wife. An apostle. Well, it is an apostle, a special messenger, Ephesians 1.1, of Christ Jesus, of the anointing of Jesus. The same oil that was on Jesus were a messenger of that oil, the Messiah, by the divine will, the purpose and the choice of God to the saints, the consecrated, set-apart ones at USA. Wherever you are right now, it's to you. This letter is to you today, who are also faithful and loyal and steadfast in Christ Jesus. May grace, God's unmerited favor, and spiritual Peace, which means peace with God and harmony, unity, undisturbedness. Be yours from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord God's going to break stuff off you guys tonight. Just get washed in the water of the Word. Head to toes, heaven flows. May blessing, praise, laudation, and eulogy. You think I wouldn't know what a eulogy is? Be to the God and Father of Zoolander. I mean, of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit blessing in the heavenly realm. (laughs) Amen. Let that soak in a little bit. You need sailors in the epistles. It's intense deliverance for the bride right now. She's about to become a woman of God. The soul is about to be in God's glory, united to the spirit within. This is the marriage of the Lamb. The soul marrying Christ 
in your bowels, in your spirit. And now the Word of God is going to join in holy matrimony your souls to Christ in your spirits and the living waters are going to weld your brain like an anchor, the Bible says in Hebrews 6. Your brain will be anchored deeply in the love of Christ. If your brain is not anchored in the living waters, you're in that realm of psychos. You're around psychos. Psychopaths, and there's different levels of mental illness, and trust me, we've seen it all. We've dealt with all of it. But that is the realm where the brain is not baptized in the living waters. Bob Jones, who got saved and born again in a mental institute when he was 39 years old, senior prophet or Elijah of this generation who held the torch and passed it on to us. He said the mental illness is from resisting the Spirit of God because the brain is not going down into the waters within. There is a cure, but you choose if you drink or not drink. The Spirit and the Bride say come and drink. What's the Bride that says come and drink? The bride that is in the living waters. The bride that is married to Christ. And Christ is the water of life. That's what Paul says. And this water was Christ. They all drank from that rock. And the water from the rock was Jesus Christ. It is written. Which means, if your mind is to drink the real Jesus and not all the false Jesus of Satan and the false Holy Spirits of Satan and all the familiars of false prophetics in the world, lying and deceiving charismatic flakes, if you are to drink the real Jesus, you are to drink from the rock that is Christ. You are to drink the living waters and bring your mind into the crystal sea. And there, you will have perfected liberty. And that's where we're going. That's the path of life. It's not upward. It's downward into the drink within. The great shepherd shall lead them to the spring of the waters of life. You know what it means? Pastoring souls is to bring their soul into the fountain of living waters of the Holy Ghost inside the new creature in your bellies. In your bellies, you have a fountain. Pastoring is to bring your souls into the fountain and drink and drink again and drink some more and keep drinking. And if you don't like to drink, you can toke as well. It's okay. You have apostolic permission to toke the ghost. Don't listen to legalistic Pharisees that say you can't enjoy God as your drugs. The whole new covenant is about enjoying God as drugs. This is the cup of the new covenant. And he had alcohol in his hand. Hello? And then he said to him, you shall not drink of this wine again. That's what he said in the red letters, which means no more alcohol because I'm going to give you new wine for your spirit, new wineskins, and you can drink as much as you want every day and get as drunk as you want 
every day. Amen. In fact, without drinking, you're going to be irritated quite often. If you don't know how to get high and how to get drunk by indulging in the blood of Jesus, the living water of Jesus, Jeremiah, the prophetic, Jeremiah 23, 9, I'm like a drunken man. Hello? Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 9, the word of God intoxicates. I am like a drunken man. Like, because I'm drunk on the glory. Like Jeremiah over here. Amen? Like Jeremiah over there. Like Jeremiah, here or there or in your hair. Like Jeremiah everywhere. We are drunk on the Holy Word. Like one who's had too much wine to drink. Amen? So the Word of God intoxicates. And the Spirit of God intoxicates. And the only part that's irritated is the part of you where there's still demonic influence. The realm of offense, you know what's offended? Demons! Demons are sensitive, fragile creatures, highly emotional spirits that are offended by enjoying God because they will never enjoy God again, nor do they want to. And that's the only reason why people get offended is because they're totally influenced by demons. They might not be at the level of Gadarene demoniac. It'd probably be easier if they were. Because then you just go over there and cast them out. But this is the place where I'm good in my own mind and I don't think I have any demons. And the preacher and the prophet and the apostle and the fivefold in the river is wrong and I'm the only one right in my own eyes or I'll surround myself with self-righteous people who are okay and don't need to grow, who don't need deliverance and they're perfect in the goat. They got that older prodigal son syndrome. I don't need to change. I'm good. There's no crucifixion. There's no circumcision. There's no transformation. It's settling for being a mere animal, a good animal, called a clean animal. Days of Noah, clean and unclean animals. A clean animal. I don't need metamorphosis to actually become divine. I'm going to have satanic religion in the guise of Jesus Christ and be a clean animal deceiving myself and deceiving others. When you're deceived, everything you say will deceive others. God was encouraging me today because the persecution is still crazy against us, as always has been. But we have all these crazy psychopaths messaging everyone, saying we're a sex cult. We strive after perfect holiness since day one. I mean, I was operating in an apostolic level, discipling hundreds of people, boys and girls, men and women alike, no difference, no male or no, no female, in 2005 and 2006. We've gone through all kinds of wildness, misunderstanding, and we're still going through it because the soulish stuff doesn't comprehend the spirit of holiness. That's what they called the love feasts of the first century, guys. They called them orgies. They broke in and said, instead of the holiness of partaking of the Word of God, communion, feasting, fellowshipping, listening to the teachings of the apostles, it says in the book of Acts, 
and they said those love feasts, they accused them of being orgies. How many of y'all know these are the same demons that killed our brothers and sisters in the first century church? Hello? Yeah. Same demons that are lying about us now, calling us a sex cult, are the same demons that killed your brothers and sisters in the first century. Wake up! Wake up! So don't tolerate the demons and understand their works. They are trying to destroy and attack your minds against the works of the Holy Ghost right now. And the more they're attacking you, the greater the promises if you stick around and keep going and persevere through it. That's why these demons are attacking you, because they see your finish line. If they can distract you, they can steal the inheritance that you can't see that's just ahead of you as you persevere and don't grow weary in obedience to the Holy Ghost, walking in faith, not by sight, loyal to the oil, to the new creature. You gotta be faithful to the process of metamorphosis. Transform by the renewing of your mind. Don't leave the cocoon prematurely. You come out as goo. Hello? The Bible says transformation of the believer's soul is likened to the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. The reason why the devil relentlessly attacks those that embrace glory, metamorphosis, because if you leave the cocoon prematurely, you have no rewards. If you turn back, you're not worthy of me. The whole thing seeps out of the cocoon. It's like clay in the potter's hands. You leave the kiln. The Bible says that the pot is worthless. It can't even be used in the urinal, the Bible says. It can't even be used in the toilet. It's utterly worthless. It has to be burned and destroyed. If you come out of the fire, woo, you come out of God. And so you're destroyed by the demons and they want to destroy you. Instead of coming out of the glory, tempted by the foolishness of the fallen angels, always tempting everyone in rebellion, we go deeper into the glory. We go deeper into the fire. We go deeper in the living waters. I'm not coming up to breathe the air of the prince of the power of the air. I don't care what he has to say. Satan is a liar and he is the father of lies. So he's spreading lies about the people that he hates that are spreading and advancing the kingdom. He's been doing the same stuff from the beginning. He whispered into Cain's ears the same things he's whispering into your ears right now. This week. Amen. And so you come to a place of either choosing him or going deeper into Christ. Well, Peter chose the devil, didn't he? When he was young, before he got the baptism. He got the baptism, so it was easier after that. Still screwed up, but before the baptism, he denied Christ three times. And he totally betrayed him. But it was a repentance afterwards unto life. Judas Iscariot also betrayed him, but his repentance was unto death. There's a repentance unto death and a repentance unto life in the Bible. We repent unto the river of life. False repentance is still not returning to the internal river of life. That means you can say sorry out here all you want, but if the mind does not return to the river, there's no actual repentance or 
forgiveness of sin. Truly now. So we repent unto light. We repent unto life. We repent unto flight. We repent unto glory. And God has granted the Gentiles also salvation unto life and repentance unto light and freedom. Freedom from religion. Freedom from the law. You know what the law of liberty is in Christ Jesus? Obedience to the glory and staying in the glory and not leaving the glory. Here's the law of liberty in Christ Jesus. Get whacked, stay whacked, and don't go back. Pharisees come try to dry you up, try to steal your wine. You know what the enemy wants your wine? That wine's power. Don't give up your wine. That's the most important thing. Keep your wine chalice and stay wine bibbers. The new wine of the divine kind is the covenant. It's drinking the blood of Jesus and letting his genetics constantly transform your fallen human animal DNA. It's animal DNA that's why everyone's crazy, some more than others. But the more you drink the blood of Jesus, the less crazy you get. It's true, less crazy, more spirit of a sound mind. Well, let that hit home out there, holler in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Crazy must decrease, and spirit of a sound mind must increase. A lot of the people that I've, I've witnessed over the years when they start getting into real bad decision-making process, it's always that crazy that gets them. They go crazy. I saw a lot of, I mean, uh, we've seen big-time ministers go crazy like Nebuchadnezzar. Big time people, signs and wonders, glory stream stuff. Like Rick Joyner says in the final quest, you can fall from the mountain at any level in this life. So what is a, a good soldier? Someone anchored in the word on the mountain, understanding the battle, not ignorant of the battle, not down on the sand throwing the peace sign, saying there's no demons or that you can save principalities and all the crazy junk going around now from the former drunken glory people, nonsense. The demon, you have to understand the battle. I would not have you unaware of the wiles and the scheming of the evil one, the apostle says. That you must understand these things, because if you don't, you don't even know where your enemy's going from. He's coming from the air, he's coming from the dirt, he works within the elements. All these clues to your spiritual warfare are written in the New Testament from the apostles. The Apostle Peter says the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Which means he comes around like Jesus. Remember Jesus is the Lion of the tribe of Judah? You ever heard it said like that before? Satan goes around like Jesus, seeking whom he may devour. Because Jesus is the roaring lion. Did Satan Jesus devour you? Yeah, he did. I know he did. Some of you are just fresh cutting yourself out of Satan Jesus' belly. The belly of the false Jesus. There's a lot of people in there. That's where most Christians are, externally. With a worldly perspective, not a kingdom perspective. Not all, but many. Many are inside the belly of the wrong kingdom. Inside the belly of the wrong king. Inside the belly of the wrong lion. What happens when a roaring lion devours you? You know what happens when you're devoured? You go into their belly, which means you go into their spirit. And then the warlock of Saturn and Moloch 
and fallen angel wandering stars rules over your brain while you're in the belly of the false Jesus. Remember, Antichrist comes in the guise of Christ, which means Satan only operates as being God or Jesus, the Bible says. Satan operates as being Jesus. That's why there's so much craziness in Christianity. Because you have not yet separated false Christianity from true Christianity in the earth. That's what we're doing here. That's why we're at the Civil War and why Christians curse me and pray all kinds of witchcraft prayers and word curses against us and message hundreds and thousands of all of our viewers for decades because we're in a civil war against false Jesus and false Christianity of Saul, the goat, Satan's kingdom, Antichrist coming in the guise of Christ versus the living water and the river and the spirit of Elijah, which looks like, you know, the bad guys to most people. What are those who call good, bad, and bad, good? Because we're not doing and participating in the dead works of strange fire, the outward Mother Teresa stuff. No, I'm not interested in that looking like Mother Teresa. I'm interested in looking like John the Baptist. I'm interested in looking like camel's hair inside out. I'm look interested in looking like wild locusts, which is flying meat, strong meat for the mature. I'm interested in the great white eagle. We're not interested in religion. I'm not interested in American Christianity, I'll tell you that. One of the worst things you ever get into in your whole life, you're better off getting into Satanism than getting into American Christianity. Because at least you know one's the devil, the other one you don't even know is the devil, but is equally the devil. Because American Christianity, that's not Christianity at all, because Christianity is only in heaven. Seated with Christ, Christianity in heaven. It is written. You know what your problem is? You're American Christians. That's your problem. You have an earthly cultural Christianity that's not actually kingdom, but thinks it is. And when it's slain and crucified, you realize, whoa, you know, you got to get this stuff burnt out of us in order to soar higher. This is all the stuff God's been dealing with in me for 23 years. Because it's true. You'll know the truth and you get set free. Well, you're attacking them. What do you think the sword of the Spirit's for? It's to attack the soul, the goat, and the calf. What do you think the animal sacrifice is? Attack the mind. 666 written in the forehead of the carnal mind. And everyone, 100%, has a carnal mind until the sword carves it out like a cornucopia on Thanksgiving. Like a stuffed turkey on Thanksgiving. Like honeyed ham. You gotta cut that thing. Mmm, honey ham. Now we're talking my love language. Mmm, candied ham. Some pineapples with a honey glaze. Woo, oh yeah. Glory. See, once you slay all the demonic stuff, it's fun in the sun all the time. And that's how we live now, because this stuff really does work. And you have to follow the process, and if you don't do it, you know, it's not going to work for you. If you just say no and disagree and disobey, it won't work for you. There has to be obedience. Obedience isn't even optional. What was the first time you obeyed? You obeyed that you must believe in Jesus. It's a command in the New Testament. Believe in Jesus and you'll be saved. It's a commandment to believe in Jesus. When you believed and obeyed that commandment to believe in the Lord Jesus as your Savior, 
there is fruit of obedience. Now, there's obedience to the Holy Spirit afterwards. And the New Testament is guidelines of obedience. Amen. Most importantly, it's the Spirit and coming into a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Spirit. Amen. Obedience is the children's bread. Jesus Christ said, my food, which is how I grow in spiritual stature. The Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom and favor in his spirit 33 years. And how did he grow? By doing the will of his Father in heaven, by obedience. Jesus grew through obedience. He obeyed when he healed on the Sabbath in front of the Pharisees. How many of y'all know it would have been easier to not stir up trouble? Because they're constantly trying to kill him. He could just have favor with everyone, be a people pleaser like so many people do, and not be controversial. Just don't stir the waters. Just gain favor. Gain favor. You don't you make peace with all men. Be a peacemaker, Jesus. Well, you know what he had to do? He had to take the sword and cut down that tree. The axe is already at the roots of the tree, and it will be cut down and thrown into the baptism of Jesus Christ's fire, which is here. The baptism of Jesus Christ's fire, in which that tree, the religious tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree that's being uprooted out of everyone and thrown into the fire, is the baptism of the glory of God. You know, going from glory to glory, which means you have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. So get baptized, seek the Spirit, talk to the Spirit, desire the Spirit. Open your heart and humble your heart and purify your heart for the Spirit. Desire the Spirit more than anything, and He will fill you. Seek and you will find. Knock the door will be open. Hunger and thirst and you will be filled. It is written. If Jesus said it, it's as good as gold. He said, if you hunger and thirst, you'll be satisfied, which means the Spirit will come if you thirst for Him. There is a come Holy Spirit. He does come. He comes like the rain. There's an external Holy Spirit because of the manifest sons of God, the manifest children of God, whose bellies release the rivers of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is on the outside for the technon. And it came through the Huyos, who's God inside Mida. That's what the point of a temple is, is to release the substances into the natural realm. First in the natural, which means first they'll get it in the natural, then they discover it in the spiritual. Within their own spirit, it is written. Then they can bring forth a collective, a congregational, a unity of a greater glory of multiple believer spirits united in the river for a greater release of living waters. The reason why there's unity is for more water. That's why Bob Jones says he's going to take multiple churches to tear down a principality in a city. Why? Because multiple believer spirits have to be knit together to release that measure of living water. Living water is the glory of God to shake the skyline and the cloud line, the firmament over your cities. Simple as that. Now, you get God inside-minded, those rules go out the book. They just go out the window. You get God inside-minded, you're like, no, a one man raised the standard of righteousness drowned in the world. Because now you're not based on 10,000 tech non-believers, the just Pentecostal level glory. 
and there's some glory there. Now you're dealing with throne room of God, sons of God, the fullness of the Father in bodily form, where one puts a thousand to flight. Hello? Two puts 10,000 to flight. It's these manifest sons that put 27 in unity. The Bible says if one puts a thousand to flight, the number of demons is counted in scripture. It only takes 27 in whom the Father is fully formed to completely end spiritual warfare on earth. On the whole planet. The Bible tells you that. It's written in the word. All you need is 27. So we're going after the 27. We got more than 27. Oh boy. We got 63. Counting the ones in here, we're up to 75. 70, we probably have the the 72 elders. We have a Septuagint. Right? We're going to have to trim the flocks. It's getting too big. Quality over quantity. A prophet told me, you're not going to be able to keep them away. The more hardcore you go into the sword of the glory of God, and even though it's cutting, that's what everyone's looking for. The brain is confused, but once the brain's not confused, they're going to clearly understand this is heaven on earth, and they're going to go after it, and that'll be the great awakening. When all the confusion of the animal mind, the beast mind, is washed by the maturity of the 27, it's called the band of sons, a band of sons to rule this world, a band of sons to create the 144,000 of the eternal spiritual Israel of God. And they come forth now. They come forth in you. And you can be amongst their number if you get into obedience. If you get into knowing the Holy Spirit as your Father. Jesus had intimacy with the Holy Spirit as his Father, and that's what his success was. I mean, y'all know that's all Jesus did. What's the success of Jesus? From boy to man? Intimacy with the Spirit and obedience to the Spirit in all things. He allowed the Spirit to teach him the Bible. Jesus read the Bible and learned from the Bible. He was limited in all the human ways that we are, it is written. Which means he would learn in the Bible from the Holy Spirit exactly like you. He probably got it quicker because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, but he still had human limitations. Still had to go to the bathroom. Still had to eat after his 40-day fast or otherwise he would have died. So he had these limitations, guys. So having a human body, the key to the success of this soul and this body in this world is one thing. Intimacy and obedience to the Holy Spirit. If you can do that, you can get through anything. There will be times where you won't be able to get through anything until you have that. This next level will require you to know the Lord better. You must know the Lord more. You must know the Lord as Master. I believe we're coming to a place of the adolescence of the Bride of Christ, where she she's into salvation, fire insurance stuff, some charismatic stuff, some glory stuff, a lot of it outward, a lot of soulish stuff, but there's still an awesome working going on there in the metamorphosis. And when she's coming to a place where the Spirit is Master, Adonai, Master, Lord, knowing the Spirit of God, omnipresent, not distant, not far away, but that conviction where I can't do the stuff with my eyes or my ears or my nose, my mouth or my touch gates 
Oh, my senses or this temple. Ever again, I can't put unclean things into me. I can't speak unclean things. I can't believe unclean things. I can't be around or influenced by uncleanness. Come out of her, my people. Be clean, says the Lord. It is written. And your cleanliness be so great. You have to be separated for a while, especially if you're younger in the Lord. Because if you can't shift the atmosphere and make everyone clean in the atmosphere, you're corrupted by the atmosphere. Saving them from the fire but not having your clothes tainted and stained, Book of Jude says. Which means if you are still so immature that being corruptible, you're corruptible, then you need to be set apart from that stuff entirely. There's an aspect of holiness, and that's why you have that in, in many different traditions of Christianity where you're just not around that stuff. No televisions. <laughs> no cars. Horse and buggy only. <laughs> and you know, it's easy to make fun of all that stuff, but there is underneath all the religion and the cult aspect of it, the holiness stuff is real. To be set apart from the world and not be tainted by the world and, and lust and, and the pride. and, and all, There's a lot of pride and, and, and self-holiness and there's a lot of that too. But we need real holiness. And you do need to get the world out of you. You need the kingdom in you and you need to be prophetic. And the more you're prophetic, the, the less you're harmed by any kind of external darkness. Where you could have Satan's seven principalities around you in a circle and you have zero bad thoughts, zero intrusive thoughts. That's where we're going. The full armor of God. Which means God is your brain. And they, and you, you know, you can hear what they're thinking inside their demon brains. They're little cockroach brains. They're the madness and the genius of the fallen angels. You can hear their thoughts. But because God's formed in you. One of the greatest gifts of God is called the mind of Christ that knows what everyone's thinking. Satan doesn't know what everyone's thinking. He wants to father lies into their thinking until they're stinking. God, the Bible says Jesus knew all their thoughts. He knew what everyone was thinking around him. Why? Because the Father in him is omniscient. Which means if you have a brain full of white light, Shekinah glory, because your spirit's ruling this body, using it as a temple and original design for God the Father's will, like Jesus and like every disciple who's ever lived, you begin to know what everyone's thinking. It's true. And that's how you can speak the choice words to help them. You don't do this to have you know, br blackmail. You don't do this to just have sin on them like the accuser of the brethren. No, you will never operate in the gifts of God unless you operate in love. Love is the key to the workings of the giftings. And the gift of the mind of Christ is one of the greatest giftings. I mean, the gift of the Holy Spirit is just unfolding in all kinds of different stuff from the inside out. But you begin to have abilities as the Holy Spirit that knows everything. And He shares that with you. It's not like you're going to be a know-it-all, but you're going to be a glow-it-all. And that glory will know all things. The Bible says we have an unction from the Holy One and know all things. So we have a scripture for that in the Bible. That you have the spirit of omniscience. So that the dullness of the animal, if you want to burn it up with the fire of the Holy Ghost through the word of the prophet, the prophetic word, you have the choice to get spiritually intelligent or stay animal dull. That's on you. That's no one else. You choose your level of metamorphosis. We have people complaining, whining, murmuring, they just, they settle for the dullness. When they disobey, they can't even do basic natural level obedience and they want spiritual 
authority and you'd never get it. Jesus Christ said, unless you have natural obedience, you will never, never, never be entrusted with spiritual gifts from the heavenlies. The things of God are entrusted for the obedient sons of God only. Without obedience, God's not going to entrust you with glory. Glorification comes after justification. Justification is, I'm saved by grace. And justification is the giving up of your will to the Holy Ghost. You'll never enter glorification until you give your will to the Spirit of Jesus Christ. This verse has been whacking me for months. That He has lavished upon us lavishly lavishing in the lavish glory the spirit of Jesus Christ lavishly lavish us lavish no, just, just say lavish he's lavished us with the spirit of Jesus Christ I'm sure there's not too many verses in the Bible with lavish there is seven there's seven Yep. This is a good one. Hosea 2.8 For she has not noticed, understood, or realized that it was I, the Lord God, who gave her the grain and the new wine and the fresh oil and who lavished upon her silver and gold which they used for Baal and made into his image which is brain. Well, that's true. Hallelujah. I'm not happy about it either. I'm just delivered. Just elevated by revelated. Is he talking about me? Yes. Yeah. You probably think the sermon's about you, don't you? You're so vain. <laughs> you probably think this teaching's about you, don't you? Lego my ego. First Corinthians two twelve. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts. What gifts? Glad you asked. Divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly. Blessing so freely and lavishly. Lavish gifts. When you hear lavish gifts, what image comes to your mind? I heard Rolls Royce. Bestowed on us by God. The spirit of ecstasy. Glory. Second Corinthians 8.2. We need to get into the lavish glory. The abundant glory. Abundant freedom. The poverty antichrist spirit coupled with the sorceries of Jezebel's confusion. We're at war against that stuff. 
A lot of the the warfare was stirred up when I began attacking the Principality of Poverty last week. And that's why she's so angry at us. She's always been pretty pissed off at Red Letter Ministries if you if you search the internet. But they only throw shade where there's shine. They only throw shade where it's shining. Just remember that. Second Corinthians 8-2 For in the midst of an ordeal of severe tribulation, their abundance of joy and their depth of poverty together have overflowed in wealth of lavish generosity on their part. Glory. Oh, you just feel everyone excited about that one. Yep. Click the offering link now. You're you're back tithed about ten years, so don't be worried about the IRS coming with machine guns. The collector angels are being sent into your houses. And listen, to forgive your debt. To forgive your debt. Jesus said you had to forgive people's debts. Isn't that weird that he called sin a debt? Which just means that you owe money. You know, Jesus said it's red letter ministry right there. Debt collector Jesus. And he canceled debt. Why? So that you could get into this lavish generosity. Otherwise, you go into debt again. You realize if you're not in the lavish... You're going to keep digging holes and getting worse and worse and to the point where you're you're just dead. This is how souls kill themselves is they refuse to obey the divine nature of the Holy Ghost who's trying to help you and teach you the ways of heaven. You got to act like you're in heaven. You got to talk like you're in heaven. You got to believe like you're in heaven. We're to make on earth as it is in heaven. You got to transform every part of your tongue, your mind, your heart, your spirit to be in heaven right now and to act like you're in heaven, act like you're around the Father now in order to have heaven on earth. So all this activity is to transform you to act as if you were in heaven while you're on earth. Act that way, called the Acts of the Apostles. How did they act? 28 chapters of actions. Actions, actions, actions. How do we act in the Holy Ghost? We follow the apostolic example in the Bible. And they acted a certain way, y'all. They were attacking Pharisees. They were attacking the Judaizers. You know, the, the apostolic sword of the Word of God in their mouths in these books was attacking everything wrong. You can't find, it's not in there, you can't find one chapter in the New Testament that doesn't have correction in it. Correction for action. That's why people don't read the Word. They don't want to change. Why is it hard to read the Word? Because of our stubbornness and our sorcery, which is our covenant with the natural realm. Sorcery is a covenant with not changing. So what happens to sorcerers? I I suffer not a sorcerer to live, brother. Amen? I suffer not the 
stubbornness of the goat's soul not to live. The Bible says they'll be tossed into weeping and gnashing of teeth. You many times Jesus said they'd be destroyed? Why path of destruction? <laughs> Jesus talked about death constantly. Yeah. You know that? <laughs> and he was life. I'm the way, the truth, and life. But he, he spoke of death as a person involved in actions that you could be intimate with by not obeying life. You get intimate with death. There's only two trees in the garden, y'all. Tree of life, tree of death. But the tree of death is the knowledge of good and evil. They ate from that tree and did what? They died. They practiced death. Oh, but they're still alive. No, they died. They died because their spirit died. And now when you live in the flesh, you're practicing death. If you're living in the senses, you're practicing the fallen angels, the angels of death. We've had enough necromancy here for 6,000 years. It's killed everyone. It's killed about 13 billion, 12 and a half billion people practicing death. You know that? There's 12, over 12 billion people's bones buried in the earth right now from the practice of death. His bones shall never see decay. Why? Because he is life. Life has no death even in the bone marrow. The Word of God has no death when it hits your bones, when it hits your marrow. If you can agree with it, Yoke yourself to the Word, attach your soul to the chariot of the Word of God, and go on a chariot ride into a higher realm of glory in the resurrection from the dead. You shall live forever, and that's the gospel. Not just spiritually live forever, mentally, morally, physically live forever, and the apostles said crazy stuff like that. The apostles believed that. Paul believed he'd live forever. Paul believed that his generation would conquer death, and it didn't happen. But he still had faith for it because it is the gospel. It didn't mature in his lifetime, but I believe it matures in our lifetime. Every prophet believed it was going to happen in their day. Because you believe the word, and you know the word's true, and you disregard the facts of externalism. You disregard the natural realm. I don't listen to the angels of death anymore. I don't listen to the textbook. I don't find it in any book. I find it in the Word. I find it in the Spirit. I find it in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know the river of life is the only truth on earth. You need a resolution. There is no reality, no truth on this planet except the river of life. And that's your elevator into heaven. You have an elevator into heaven. You got to agree and obey it. Otherwise, you come out of it. I don't agree with the elevator. I don't want to change with that elevator because he's changing floors. How many floors? Thousands and thousands and thousands. Keep going up until you can't even count anymore. You're just looking. It's just nine, 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 two, 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 four, four, four. You're in the book of numbers for real. You're in the book of numbers, and everything is angelic numbers all around you all the time because you're in the elevator of the river of life. Everything's alive. Everything's prophesying. Everything's energized. You know, for everything to be alive, that means less death you know what that means less demonic influence highway of holiness we think oh i'm just already on it i live on i-35 in minnesota 
Interstate 35, which is Isaiah 35, I-35, the Highway of Holiness, and we're physically there, which is the false prophetic. So we're in the false prophet Highway of Holiness. That's about accurate about where we are. It's not like we're false prophet, it's more like we're immature young prophetic, which is still false prophetic. If it's soulish, it's false prophetic. If it's just soulish interpretation or everything, but it's not the spirit realities, you know, first of the natural. Natural is false prophetic. Then in the spiritual, the true prophetic, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Not the soulish of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. The spirit, not the soul. The problem is we have the prophetic in the soul, big time. And a little in the spirit. A little, not much. The prophetic's only 40 years old. Prophetic only really started in the 80s. Global prophetic Christianity is very new to this planet. Hello? It's only 40 years old. You have literally only had the prophetic, the real prophetic, the Elijah prophetic on this planet for 40 years. So it's brand new. It's young. But it's maturing. And the prophetic is the path of the Lord, the way of Jesus. You got to grow in the prophetic. You got to grow in the sapphire elevator. You got to grow in the sapphire chariot. In the sapphire living water. The sapphire river of life. The river of life is pure sapphire. It's like sapphire liquid gemstone. And it, it solidifies your elevation when you're in the sapphire word, which is the prophetic word, which is the morning star rising in your heart. And it's that prophetic word that sure word of prophecy that we have as a reliable source that keeps you in a higher elevation over your nation. Amen? I like the lavish. Okay, last lavish. And then we're going to get into the morning star. Ephesians 1, 8. And then we're going to read the whole book of Genesis. For five hours. In a dull, monotone voice. And we're going to go into a glory stupor. <laughs> I wish I would have just died. You did die. The word is a sword. It has killed you. Ephesians 1.8. This is my one of my favorite verses right now. Which Jesus Christ lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding practical insight and prudence prudence is that like prunes prunin', prunin'. well praise god at least I remember one thing from tonight's sermon prunes I know what a prune is at least hallelujah glory to god praise jesus it's like kids at ch children's church. They only remember the funny stuff. Yep. <laughs> Second Peter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle. Special messenger of posture. Oh, oh, oh there we go. Oh. I mean, of Jesus Christ. <laughs> to those who have received, obtained an equal privilege of like precious faith with ourselves in and through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace, God's favor, and peace, which is perfect well-being, 
all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity and freedom. Freedom from fears, freedom from agitating passions, and freedom from moral conflicts. Woo! Be multiplied to you. In the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For His divine power has bestowed upon us all <laughs> things. Oh, okay. I don't know what happened, but we got things. I like drunken glory prophetics. We're like... Yeah, 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 brother, I got a prophetic word for you. You're gonna go somewhere. And when you get there, you're gonna be there. This, you know, like, oh, what? <laughs> and if they get and if they get real drunk then you can you know talk to them about 300 years in the future and teaching their cat algebra amen yeah <laughs> glory have you thought about teaching your your animals science what level of glory are you in Glory. You know, the glory glorifies the intelligence of the, the precious animals. All of the animals that were sacrificed, they all get glorified in the glory. They get their intelligence back. They lost their intelligence and were just stuck into animal instinct in the realm of the natural. So you get your intelligence back here in spirit and all the precious animals, cows, Chickens, dogs, cats, sparrows, eagles, even I love crows. I like all the animals, really. I like uh, honey, honey badger, one of my favorite. I even like the Tasmanian devil. I like the kookaburra. And I like the, the loon. You know, one of my favorite animals is the albatross. I like the Diplodocus. <laughs> yeah. And the Dark. And the Dodo Bird. Alright. By means of these dorks, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers, partakers of the divine nature. For this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue. Excellence, resolution, and Christian energy. All this divine stuff is to grow your Christian energy. Which is the type of rocket fuel that your angel runs on in your belly. Fusion power, brother. The Son of Righteousness has risen in me. 
It's like 40,000 atomic bombs going off there at once. Especially after Taco Bell. It's the fire sauce. <laughs> fire sauce. <laughs> you guys have fire sauce in other nations? Or is that just a US thing? You know, sometimes I'll have that late night craving. I like the Dorito shell supreme tacos. No sour cream, but add tomatoes and jalapenos and fire. Fire sauce. Shaba. Exercising. That's right. My six pack's coming back. By grace, I didn't even do one sort of. I just started drinking six whole milk lattes a day because they're so good. And I put on like 20 pounds in milk fat. Totally worth it. No regerts. It was amazing. No regurgitations. No, it, it was honestly really fun for me being fat for like five years. I, I really had a good time. I might, I might do it again. I like shaping the clay just to try different things in the glory. It'll be, it'll be fat in the glory for five years. You know? I was skinny in the glory for like 16 years. I didn't even... Too skinny in the glory. God's like, you gotta fatten up, boy. You're too skinny in the glory. You fatten me up, I started drinking the land of milk and honey. The land of vanilla and lavender and milk. I really like the holy cacao lavender. Mm, oh my god. Shaba. So we're drinkers. I switched to 2%. That helped a lot. Still get the flavor without the, whew, the cholesterol or whatever. Shaba. <laughs> Joel. Joel's health food. Amen. In the exercising at Second Peter one six, mostly in the exorcisms, in the knowledge of the development of self-control, I can tell you guys are still working on that one. <laughs> and in exercising. Develop stead fatness. Oh, fastness. Patience, endurance, and in exercising. Steadfastness, develop godliness and piety. Mm, yeah, pie. Pie. Piety. <laughs> That's eating lots of lemon ring pie. You have to develop that. That's a spiritual gift. Mm. Nothing like a good lemon meringue. Because mm. we're developing piety. 
<laughs> I got a lot of piety. And in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection. And in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. Well, that sounds like the best. That's just because I have such good theology, though. <laughs> the Christian love, that's the ultimate. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's what I walk in. The best part of Peter's ministry. The pinnacle of the apostolic. That's where, that's where I'm at. In the Christian love. No, we're still developing piety. <laughs> For I... Whoa. For as these qualities of yours are increasingly abounding in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful under the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, spiritually short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him, and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure to ratify, to strengthen, to make steadfast your calling and election, for if you do this, you will never stumble or fall. Thus, there you will be richly and abundantly provided for. There's the money, huh? Now I got your attention. For you... Entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I intend always to remind you about these things. Although indeed you know them and are firm in the truth that you now hold, I think it right as long as I am in the tabernacle, the tent and body, to stir you up by way of remembrance. Since I know that the laying aside of this body of mine will come speedily, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Moreover, I will diligently endeavor to see to it that even after my departure, deceased, you may be able at all times to call these things to mind. Peter's spirit and word still going to be here. For we were not following cleverly devised stories when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, grandeur, authority of sovereign power. For when he was invested with honor and glory from God the Father and a voice was born to him by the splendid majestic glory in the bright cloud that overshadowed him saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and delight we actually heard this voice born out of heaven 
For we were together with him on the holy mountain. Mm. Making me salivate so good. And we were with him on the holy mountain. This is Zion. And we are with him now. With the Lord Jesus now. In the glory. On the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word made firmer still. You will do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dismal, squalid, and dark place until the day breaks through the gloom and the morning star rises, comes into being in your hearts. <laughs> Yet first, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of individual, personal, or private interpretation. That's huge. Which means there's no resurrection from the dead with individual interpretation of anything. Just Lone Ranger Jezebelville. Just with the devil. There's no personal, private, special, individual interpretation of anything divine. I love that verse. That's one of the that's how you stay rock solid in the prophetic, in the glory. For no prophecy ever originated because some man thought about it, willed it to do it. It never came by human impulse. But men spoke from God who were born along, moved and impelled by the Holy Spirit. Be moved and impelled, but I see impaled by the Holy Spirit. Yep. The Lord Jesus, the Impaler. Move, move over, Count Dracula. Jesus, the Impaler. He's here. Impaled by the Holy Spirit. Crucified with Christ. That's, you're impaled. The issue is, some of us haven't been impaled yet. So if you're not impaled with him, guess what? The soul is out there, apart from his divinity, trying to be good, trying to be divine. It's all witchcraft. The divine nature is only when you're impaled with the Holy Spirit. So that's what I prayed tonight. That this prophetic word and all the joy of being impaled with him, it's not painful. It's ecstasy. Crucifixion with Christ is crucifixion with the oil of joy. I'm crucified with token the ghost. I'm crucified on the new wine. Drinking the new wine is actual crucifixion of the soul and the spirit. It is. The Holy Spirit is the person who crucifies you with Christ, nailing you to that cross. Nailing your mind, your brain, your bones have to be nailed in that cross or you can never rise from the dead. Jesus only is the resurrection. You can't rise. You can't ascend. There's no resurrection. None of it. None of it. Unless you're nailed and killed with the Lord Jesus. The old Adamic man and woman has to be killed with Jesus. This is the place where the demonic influence goes to zero. You know where the demonic influence is zero? At the cross. 
Why are you struggling? Because you are not yet at the cross. You are still living. You are still thinking and breathing in the old Adamic nature. The mind needs a revelation. I have been impaled, crucified with the Holy Spirit who is Christ. Amen. And that's the place where it gets easy. That's the yoke that is easy and light. He said, my yoke is easy and light. What was the yoke? He did all the physical stuff. He took the, the thorns, the crown of thorns, the nails, the spear, the whips. All of the physical pain was taken by Jesus Christ. You get the prophetic provision of the sacrifice. It's a prophetic provision because it's alive and active by the Holy Spirit manifesting it through your souls by your faith in the Word. Believing the Word materializes the benefits of Jesus slaughtering Satan and his angels at the cross, completely defeating them and every demon that can be named in the entire dimension of hell, heaven, everywhere is defeated at Calvary. So anytime there's spiritual warfare and it's like overwhelming, you need more of the cross, more of the cross. This is the, the crucifixion with the Holy Spirit. And so the only influence through one crucified is the Holy Spirit. If there's other influence is because you have a tiny cross. See, one thing about the soul, it's still trying to practice divinity apart from Jesus. It'll never happen in 50 years. You will waste your time trying to be good in your soul. It's not possible. The Old Testament proved man cannot be good. Can't. No one can obey the law. Moses disobeyed his own law and died from it in the Bible. Moses wrote the law, disobeyed the law that he wrote by the angel and died on the mountain and never entered the promised land. That's what the Bible says. Now that proves if Moses can't do it, you certainly can't either. If Moses cannot do it, you need to understand you cannot do it. Your faith in Jesus in you does it. You have Jesus in you as your purity. You have Jesus in you as your provider. You have Jesus in you as your protector. You have Jesus in you as your promoter. You live for Jesus who does it. He is your divine nature and the living, breathing Lord Jesus is indwelling in your spiritual stomach right now. If you live out of the divine nature in your spirit, it gets easier and easier. And then you come into grace and you come into this abundant joy, the freedom of the sons of God. You know what the freedom of the sons of God? Ones who've discovered all of the Lord Jesus in them. Yeah, and we're getting there. I, haven't, I can't say I've discovered all the Lord Jesus, but a huge amount where I'm blessed and at peace in every area of my life. I'm no longer in the dumpster, in the garbage can. I'm no longer dodging bullets. I'm no longer getting carjacked and stabbed at. Hello? I'm no longer in hell. He has lifted me up into heaven in all the dimensions of my soul in my life. And he will do it for you too. Suffering is momentary. Read the book of Job. You, you're not going to be sitting in Daniel's lion's den forever. 
It's only a temporary time. Satan puts some of you in prison <laughs> 10 days, endure to the end, you get the crown of life. It, you're in a temporary place, and if you pass the test by relying in relationship to Jesus Christ, Christ in you will lift you up and lift you away. You'll fly away on the wings of the white eagle, on the wings of the Holy Ghost, on the wings of the white dove, and you'll be in the silver and gold of the Holy Ghost all the rest of your days. That's the time of testing in the wilderness, to see if you'll cling to Him or give up and just go follow the devil back into some demonic feast and satisfy the cravings of the flesh and the sensual nature and, you know, the carnal appetite. That's why you're tested, to see which tree your consciousness will be in the remainder of your days. The testing ground of your current level where the adolescent bride of Christ is now is choosing what tree your mind is in in the garden. So a lot of these people's minds ain't in the tree of life, y'all. They don't have the life-giving spirit blazing through their minds. They're no psychos. It's a psycho-free zone in Jesus' name. Amen. You have to declare it because that's what heaven is. It's the peace of mind of the mind that constantly chooses the tree of life over and against the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And you just deny that stuff, you eventually burn it up until it's not even in your garden anymore. Until all you can see is tree of life. Well, all you see is the glory. All you know is obedience. Disobedience is a foreign concept to you. Or you don't even know how to disobedience. It's burnt out of your nature. Metamorphosis is burning the disobedience where your DNA doesn't even know how not to believe all the word of God in your whole soul. So it's what's getting burnt up in you is unbelief. And faith is the fire of God and the baptism of His glory for the ability of Christ in you to consume the mind, transformed by the renewing of the mind, to believe the promises and not perish in the wilderness by unbelief. Believe the Word. The Word works. We are here to demonstrate the working power of the glory of the Word of God. That is our display for people to increase their faith. The Word works. Look at how transformed they are. They're no longer on crack. They're no longer in the dumpster. They're no longer in the alley. They're no longer in the gutter. They're no longer in religion. They're no longer in rebellion. They are blessed. They're healthy. They're whole. Their minds are whole. They are ruling society. They're elders in society. They sit as judge at the gates of their cities. They sit as judge in the gates of the influence of their culture. Job 29, it is written. Yeah. Amen. We'll end with that. Glory is a good one. <laughs> this is what we need right now. Job 29. And Job again took up his discussion and said, Oh, that I were as in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone above and upon my head, and by his light I walked through darkness. Pure light. Pure favor. As I was in the prime ripeness of my days, when the friendship and counsel of God were over my tent. Open heavens. Perfected favor in the realm of the natural. When the Almighty was yet with me and my children were about me. When my steps through rich pasturage were washed with butter, and the rock poured out for me 
streams of oil. Oil and butter. That's favor beyond imagination. That's your inheritance in Christ. When I went out to the gate of the city, when I prepared my seat in the street, the broad place for the council at the city's gate, rulership of culture, ruling over the seven mountains as Zion. Amen. That's what it is. The young men saw me and hid themselves. Rebellious. The aged rose up and stood. The princes refrained from talking and laid their hands on their mouths. The voices of the nobles were hushed and their tongues cleaved to the roof of their mouths. For when the ear heard, it called me happy and blessed me. And when the eye saw, it testified for me approvingly. See, perfect grace. The realm of perfect grace. It's the mansion of God. This is your mansion of God right here. The realm of perfect grace. Because I delivered the poor who cried, the fatherless, compassion, walking in love, and him who had none to help him, the blessing of him who was about to perish came upon me. And I caused, I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Mm. I put on righteousness and it clothed me, or clothed itself with me. My justice was like a robe and a turban or a diadem or a crown. Justice as a crown. I was a father to the poor and needy. The cause of him I did not know I searched out. And I broke the jaws or the big teeth of the unrighteous and plucked the prey out of his teeth. That's a good word right there. Then I said, I shall die in and beside my nest and I shall multiply my days as the sand. My root is spread out and open to the waters and the dew lies all night upon my branch. Mm, the dew of heaven. Living in Eden paradise, the fountain of the Lamb. Hallelujah. My glory and my honor are fresh in me. Fresh glory. Fresh honor. <laughs> Being constantly renewed and my bow gains ever new strength in my hand. Men listened to me and waited and kept silence for my counsel. After I spoke, they did not speak again, and my speech dropped upon them like a refreshing rain shower. That's speaking life. My speech dropped upon them like a refreshing rain shower. And they waited for me as for the rain and they opened their mouths wide as for the spring rain. I smiled on them, and they had no confidence, and their depression did not cast down the light of my countenance. See, it's a realm of favor that has zero external influence. It's called your mansion. It's the mansion that the Father has prepared for you to live in perfect favor with all men. Perfect favor with everyone in the world. That is what your inheritance in Christ is for a perfect realm of grace. Mm-hmm. Don't give it up for any instant gratification. Keep going after it. That's what's being developed in you as you obey Christ. That's the promised land. I chose their way for them and sat as their chief and dwelt like a king among his soldiers, like one who comforts mourners. Throne of grace. 
Jesus is the throne of grace and you have Jesus's throne of grace rising in your hearts so that you also with Christ can be seated on a throne of unlimited glory and honor, divine favor with everyone. And all society and culture will be influenced by it and no one will be able to resist it because it's God. In Jesus' name, be blessed by it. Amen. Bless you guys. Love you guys. Give an offering if the Spirit leads you tonight. Click those links in the description. And we will see you tomorrow in a greater glory because we always go from glory to glory forever. Amen. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.